Linux OTC. Welcome. We're your hosts. I'm Bill. I'm Norbert. And I'm here. So what? What's what do we got to talk about? Nothing. Star Nothing. Wars. Yeah. Yeah. We, we TikTok. Came, oh, we can we can just we can keep talking about TikTok. We came empty-handed. We've got <laughs> nothing. So no, uh, great show, not. everybody. Uh, have a good have a good two weeks, and we'll see you again <laughs> yep. on the next Linux OT. Thanks for using Linux. <laughs> well, I just let found us know what you think. That there are ISOs for uh, Fedora thirty-eight, and not just the ones that are listed on the website. ISOs for the spins as well, and I noticed there's already a budget spin and the space spin. So what I like to do with Fedora is get uh, very familiar with uh, the DNF groups and what they contain. Because uh, when I whenever I install Fedora, I just do a minimal install and then install the various groups like fonts and uh, media and uh, hardware enablement and things like that. You mean you don't install them one package at a time to have full control over your entire system? Man, why? Because mm-hmm. it's a yeah. silver lining between that and just installing a system with a graphical environment already being there. So I looked at... You don't the... even know what's on your system, man. There could be spyware and you don't even know it because your Probably group installed not. the GNOME desktop and... It's just taken over your system. Well, there was, uh... I'd like somebody to find spyware in the in the GNOME meta package. Oh, you know what's going to be funny <laughs> is that someone will find it, and then they will be like, "Oh, it was in there since 1999." Then... I did find I did <laughs> yeah. find the package. That's uh, the description was something along the lines of automatic uh, uh, bug reporting or something like that. Good, good. I, I that is good. Someone's going to email the show about it too. But yeah. good, automatic. Don't make me think about it. Just when something goes wrong, just suck up a report. I don't want to spend that time doing that. I I know I should, yeah. but I'm inclined to agree with you. I would like there's I would like there to be some sort of standard method of just adding it to the freaking help menu, like report a bug, and it's got it would automatically populate all of the. All of the stuff that you would have to go digging up on your own to add to the bug report. And yeah. then you can just kind of list what it's doing and then send it off. You ain't got to go searching for their bespoke, antiquated, archaic method for reporting bugs. Don't you know? make me create an account on Bugzilla oh, because God. I forgot my previous account. <laughs> I don't. I don't even remember what the username is. The system should just, even if you don't uh, opt into something, it should just, whenever something crashes or there's something, well, it's not not always that the case that something crashes and uh, there's a pop-up uh, asking you whether you want to send a report. But just having a bug report app that doesn't require going to any website, signing up for anything, you just fill out a form, like, uh, yeah. like one of those yeah. uh, GitHub forms. So... But- but that's telemetry, is, Norbert. So why do you want people spying on you twenty four seven? Well I don't see want, I think I don't I want opt in <laughs> telemetry. 
because I mean, I think that's the problem is you got so much tribalism, tribalism, even in the developer community where people, they, they're very opinionated about how they want their information coming in towards them. And no two people are going to agree on that, even in this, within the same project, you know, that's the, that's the difficult thing about coming up with any standardized method of, uh, it's the same putting together any it's the same thing to just yeah. development uh, and developers just being in touch because uh IRC is being slowly uh is less and less favored nowadays it's so but matrix are, right like so, most people are are replacing that with matrix uh yeah newer newer uh, projects uh, have uh, end up uh, even having discord servers because that's just how you maximize uh, of uh, reach. Yeah. See, the problem with Discord is it's just so doggone good. Well, and it it's not good at um like being searchable. You have to be part of a Discord, part of a Discord server to be able to find the information that you might want in that particular Discord server. Um okay. So like, you know, if you duck duck go it, uh you're not going to find it. You're not going to find information. Yeah, that's I can in see. Discord. If there were some way to index Discord and make those chats like public channels, the ones that are marked public, um, index those and put those on the web somehow, text only, you know, like rip out the images unless they're irrelevant, but then you have to decide what's relevant or not. So just stick is the same it. not true with Matrix and it is, yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So it's not just a problem. Inherent isn't, to, uh, isn't no, it's a it's a synchronous chat problem versus yeah. asynchronous indexing. See, because my my thought is, it it would be nice to be able to do that, but I wonder how much cruft would would just gather up. Um, oh, a lot, but so much faster than than what we have. You would have so much more useless stuff to wade through. Uh, than you do right now. Well, right, but that's was... that's why you have like if you look at the Linux Mint Discord, they have a like a support ticket type yeah. channel, and maybe index only that. Don't in- oh god, don't index the general chat. Don't do that. Right, that is just <laughs> trash. <laughs> but you know the support ticket stuff where people are actually getting help and getting solutions and solving stuff. Index that. That needs to be indexed and searchable on the web because somewhat the first thing anybody's gonna do is search it. And or GPT it, but if GPT doesn't know because that stuff is not indexed and fed to it, then you know GPT won't know the answer to that question either. This is an area where forums are have uh, the advantage because right, if, and when you yeah. look at well, something like a discourse forum or even just an old-fashioned forum, I, I haven't really tried discourse, so I'm not sure what uh, specific what features it has fine. that that are specific to it. But uh, for just forums in general, they are also chronological but they are divided to pages and the mm. search engine ends up uh, indexing some of those pages and when a few weeks or months later you search for something you find that it gives you a hit google gives you a hit that this this page of this forum thread has the uh, relevant information you click that but since it was indexed there were new messages and the relevant information is now on a different page so you just mm. have to look for it, but it's 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 help it's helpful in the way that you know that in this forum thread somewhere the info you want must be there. 
Oh, and that's what control F is for, right? Like once you get there, once you know it's here somewhere, you can control F and find what you need. But I will yeah. say, um, traditional forums, the ones that I see, because I dig a lot of history up, uh, are not great. Uh, at least the ones that so when you when someone makes a post to uh, a, a particular forum post, they add a comment or something to it. It pushes that post, regardless of when it was created, all the way to the top, and then people are able to see that there's there's like uh, you know stuff happening in this post. So maybe check it out, see what happened new. Um, but that's terrible for history because nothing is chronological. Everything is like. Boop, 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 boop. You don't know where anything is. I think that's discourse, actually. No, uh, now that I think about it, I think that's discourse that does that. I don't know if regular forums do that, but I just mm, had the I run into idea. that a lot. Uh, what if the Internet Archive has their own search engine that only indexes stuff that is archived and and uh, findable on the Wayback Machine? So. Mm. It, it wouldn't have to deal with the open internet. It would just have to deal with their archive data. and uh, But they archive a lot. Yeah, so I think yeah. I think it's just it would just lag behind the internet by a couple of days or something. It's still and it would good. end up with the same it's stuff. It's still better than not having a means to search through the internet archive. The internet archive is basically only useful if you know what website you are looking for. But maybe there's some information that you don't, there is not up anymore and you don't quite know what websites it was on. Maybe, maybe it's it's too niche of a use case, but that would be interesting. Yeah, it uh, the way that I find stuff on the Internet Archive is I'll usually find like a news post or something like that that links to something that's dead, and then I'll go try and put that link into Internet Archive, and it may or may not find it. And if I can't find it that way, then I have to go find other articles that might link to other people that said the exact same thing or posted about the same thing, and it's kind of a mess. <laughs> to find old stuff that doesn't exist on the internet at you know the the, the proper internet uh anymore it's kind of annoying to find yeah. but uh i mean pretty much always archive will save me Ar archive i tell you what the scope of what archive.org is doing is just mind-blowing and yeah, they got opinion. slapped down here these past couple of weeks too yeah i mean gee whiz who could have seen, seen it coming I you know, know right I mean, you can't just. Uh, it had to be one of those things where let's just let's just throw this out there and see if we can get away with it, you know? Yeah. And, I mean, I I agree with them um, morally. I mean, right, dude. <laughs> information wants to be free. You know that yeah. you know, hackers back in the nineties, right? Like that's that's exactly what that was. And I'm a product of that, so <laughs> kind of have that attitude toward a lot of stuff, man. And it's not like. Um, the book publishers and people that were being harmed by this were making less money because of it. As a matter of fact, uh, I think over the past, uh, over COVID, uh, they ended up making more money than ever before. So uh, it's hard to feel And that makes sense them. if you think about it too, because more exposure is always going to lead to more. Oh, dude, happened uh, happened with Napster and music. And, yeah. you know, these musicians started making more money and then Metallica decided to shut them down. So... And then Spotify finished them off. Right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> the thing that being said, I started using Spotify this last week. Netflix is the blockbuster, right? I mean, uh, Netflix killed Blockbuster, but they just made yeah. it easy. That's the whole point. And now we're going backwards. Hmm, not great. But you said you got Blockbusters. Uh, blockbusters um, website. Oh uh, yeah. Quite quite curi curiously came back online. 
and I'm not sure what they what they've got planned. But uh, let's see, what is it saying now? Is it was it Blockbuster? So while you look that up, uh, I will say uh, we had the golden age. We can tell the children about the golden age of content consumption. Uh, we still have it with music, but we no longer have it with video. I mean, how many different subscriptions do you have to have to be able to watch whatever pops up in your feed, whatever shows up, uh, whatever that might be, it's pretty much just behind some other paywall that you don't have access to uh, without paying it. Or, you know, hopefully yeah. you haven't used a free trial or you're keen on just making a bunch of new, uh, uh, new accounts for it. The but key difference is got that two words for you: BitTorrent. Yeah, the oh, key now. difference. Uh, it's gonna get is, you knocked off YouTube that, right there. Mu oh. music uh, streaming services don't have ex don't have a lot of uh, popular exclusive content, whereas streaming services do. Wait, hold on. Because uh, you know it's it's always been. Again? The thing, the reason we have that with music, but not with the uh, streaming video anymore, is oh. that when it comes to music, everything is on every platform. Because right, there are some exclusives that, for example, Spotify has these uh, has these uh, studio sessions for various artists, but there is not much uh, exclusive content that you can only get on Tidal or you can only get on Spotify. And there was, uh, I remember a case where. Um, Kanye West uh, released an album and it was uh, a Tidal exclusive, I think. But then oh, there was yeah, Backlash yeah. and uh, he ended up releasing it on Spotify as well and the yeah. other services. And uh, the other thing that comes to mind is the Beatles, uh, the Beatles, mu the music of oh, the Beatles. Oh, we're only on Apple for a while, yeah. No, uh, what I remember is that it, it, it that was way before uh, Apple Music, I think, that it wasn't on any platform. Oh. And then one year... Oh. And then one year I was using Spotify yeah. and uh, I got uh, a pop-up and I opened it that there's this year's Christmas uh, present to you from us is that now all of the Beatles albums are here to stream. And you and, never listen to them again. Yeah, but <laughs> when you think about it, this has been sort of the case always because if you go into a, a, a music store, you can find, you can buy albums, physical albums, pretty much from any uh, label but yeah. when you go when you and yeah cinemas are kind of like that as well but when you go to a tv channel a channel can only show a movie or a tv show if they have licensed it which well, i guess that, is... that, no no the the cinemas are the same way where they have exclusive deals with ah. a particular studio or something like that well at, at least here in the states um where like we have three competing ones and the movies are different at each one yeah, here um, most of them has... are all owned by Cinemark now, but uh, the one independent that we have uh, shows different movies because there are different exclusivity deals and things. So okay. not well, always the same. In Hungary, uh, Cinema City basically I think ate all of the other major ones. So now we only have them. We also have a couple smaller ones, but they are by far the biggest. Mm -hmm. So so anyway, if you're on the YouTube, you look. This is what you get when you go to blockbuster.com. Uh, and for those that are just listening audio, it's a blue page with the Blockbuster logo on it. And yeah. underneath in yellow text, it says, we are working on rewinding your movie. That's it. That's all it says. Just gloriously cryptic, of course. Yeah. Okay. So so this how is, is this going to benefit us on Linux? 
Okay, so let's say um, I have no idea. Oh, it's not. But um, how is it going to benefit people watching things that, you know, have Netflix and whatever? <gasps> Wait a minute. I got it. Blockbuster is going to be the new cable provider. And if you pay Blockbuster 50 bucks, 60, 70, 80 bucks a month, you get the umbrella of like all of the services. So they're just the just new cable provider. Just what we need. Yeah. Another service to nickel well, and dime us to death. Well, well for $5 a month plus the, the cost of every service, uh, they're, they're basically just making it easy for you to turn them on and off like little light switches. See that's oh, okay. that's it. So right? it's more all encompassing than yeah. just your They're they're the broker between you and all the stupid services that you may or may not want to pay for at that time. So And in a time when YouTube TV is Oh, they just I think went they up. up their rates to like 70 60 70 bucks. Yeah, I don't even like know that. what they offer. Well, they've got they've got a full TV lineup. I mean, these apps like I use one called Philo. Um it's just an app with that's got the interface like your digital cable used to be like and it, and it works on linux yeah well i mean it works in the browser oh so, yeah cool cool yeah well so it's you look at disney doesn't work in a browser in linux oh right it? right right so maybe blockbuster's doing that maybe maybe they got a little portal I, seems like i've looked this up before what's that disney disney plus it doesn't work. That's last I checked. I mean, I don't subscribe to Disney Plus, which is why I, I haven't do. watched Andor. Andor? Andor. <laughs> Andor, is it like a logic gate? Yes! Ah, that's perfect. Oh. Bill, are you trying parents. to hack it? You trying to hack the. No, I'm Disney just Plus? trying to open it in Firefox. It's taking me right through the, the interface here. Let's see. Let's try to watch The Mandalorian. Oh, is it going to work? Play. And in full quality, 1080p or more. Oh my God! Bill took his head off. Skip intro. Yeah, it's working. Oh, Firefox even. Oh, okay, okay. I take it back. (laughs) They do work in Linux. Fine, but at what quality? I need you to look. Um. I know that Netflix, for example, can only do, I think, 720p in Firefox. Right, right. I think you need either Edge or Chrome to be able to do 4K or 1080p. Yeah, because what they don't want you to do is steal their content. And if you do steal their content, it's only 720p, so it's not amazing. And like anybody that's just trying to watch the show cares. But, you know, whatever. They're not watching it in 1080p. Heathens! 720 only for you heathens. So I remember when 720 it's, it's not showing 10 years ago. It's you're watching it in 480p, aren't you? I I don't think so. I, at, it's got to be at least 720p. Look at those wookies, so pixelated. <laughs> it it looks good. I mean, it it's very it's very usable and I'm not, you know. Okay, for everybody I'm, listening at home, Bill's on a CRT a 14-inch CRT monitor, so let's not take <laughs> what he says with too much uh, you know, too I much still own there. one actually. It's an 18-inch, but I I still own one. And it when you, weighs and about And when you turn it pounds. on like the lights in your house kind of dim for a sec, right? It goes <laughs> dong. <laughs> oh, you degauss it, right? 
Yeah, you got to degauss it. And then you feel like... Oh. Otherwise, you get near it, you can feel the static coming off oh, of it. Oh, man, I miss that. Like, touching it, and you can kind of feel it go... <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that was, that was... Those are the days, man. See, Norbert, back in the day, we used to have monitors that I were just as, as deep as CRT they were wide. TVs and monitors. My first uh, printer set was in so 98. Hey, we it didn't know any better, though. Bill. It was amazing. <laughs> no. 480i uh, was amazing, okay? I watched Ace Ventura Pet Detective on 480i, and it was amazing. I loved it. Had to stretch the picture on the screen. Nobody ever had it right. Oh, yeah. You... It used to drive me nuts. Oh, yeah. that was Everybody hated that about DVDs when they came out because they had letterboxing, and then everybody was <laughs> like, well, just just get rid of the letters. Just stretch it. And then, But the point was you lost all that stuff on the sides. Uh, yeah. But movies were, were recorded such that there wasn't really much going on on the sides, so you weren't missing a lot, but that grass was pretty out there, but you couldn't see it because you were then, on a 4 by 3 have, CRT. And then you have things like IMAX cinema, which is going back to the 4 by 3 aspect ratio, which basically, mm -hmm. okay, now we made things wide. We might as well just make them tall as well, so the, the cinema uh, screen feels your entire field of well vision. see now the first IMAX I remember watching was the first Transformers movie and I got that on Blu-ray upstairs and it had an IMAX thing where it was going back and forth between a full 16.9 and a uh, whatever the letterbox what, what, what do you mean goes back like, and forth it will there'll be black bars for a while uh -huh. and then it'll fill up the screen it would bounce back and forth dynamically like on purpose, uh, like the director yeah. did this. You've never seen that happen? Yeah, no, it's uh I've had a few movies that do that on disc. It like dynamically changes back yeah. and forth. No, I only saw uh in the Wizard of Oz where it was black yeah. and white and then it yeah. went to color because technicolor. Ooh. There's uh, <laughs> no, that's technology. There's the Grand Budapest Hotel by uh, directed by Wes Anderson, which oh, uh, that movie. Uh, basically you it's it's a sixteen by nine, uh but uh most of the scenes are in other various aspect ratios. Some of them are extra wide screen. Some of them are like four by three. So depending on the scene, it keeps changing aspect ratios, which is interesting. Yeah. And I thought it would be difficult to like rip something like that and then make a single file out of it that would play correctly. Cause I was always worried that it would be like morphic, you know, where it would, it wouldn't understand what it would need to do, and so because when the black bars would c come up, it would like stretch the picture or whatever. But it doesn't. It's it seems to be done correctly most of the time. Yeah. So, so my my tablet is a two by three, I think, and of course when you are viewing the uh, which what I mentioned the the Grand Budapest Hotel, if you watch it on a sixteen by nine screen, then everything is fine. When it's a four by three screen, there's there's just letterboxing on the sides. But if you watch that 16 by 9 expert ratio video on something like a 2 by 3 screen, then when there's said, then there's letterboxing all around the screen, the scene. That Which I is, hate. Yeah. That's irritating. Oh. We got some local channels around here that are broadcasting their signal in 720p, but their content is in 480i. So are they what happens? No. They're not. That's oh. the pro that's the problem because it's you're get you're getting you're getting a full high def broadcast, but then the content 
is not changing. It's it's maintaining its dimensions. Oh. So that so it's means like a little that box you're gonna on have your TV. Yeah. Ew. And so you've got to take you got to come up with a hardware solution where you got to get into your menu, which most people don't do. Well, yeah, and then like if you TV change the and, channel, you got to change it back. Yeah. Oh, that's annoying. Yeah, that's super annoying. No. Sony used to have some TVs that would like you could you could set make that setting per channel, which oh. was kind of nice. But then I don't know much development might not go into that anymore because you got fewer and fewer people. Although I think it's making a comeback, local TV, because people are just sick of it. I mean, I, I have an antenna, and I just pick up what I pick up, yeah. and I can watch at least local games and stuff, uh, and that's fine. And I don't pay for that other than having bought the antenna. I'm going to, I've got a solution I'm working on. I'm buying the parts a little bit at a time, but I'm going to put an outside antenna on now. See, I live right next to a railroad track, so you've got to get up above the trains. Uh, I mean, I could, I can see the antennas on the other side of town if I'm on my roof or if I'm upstairs in the kids' room or something like that. Yeah. And, but with the trains right there, the, all that interference from that, whatever, uh, interferes with with the signal and you so if you got if you want to get something that's reliable you got to get up above that yeah. well i'm going to run that into a uh, hd home run box mm-hmm. and then that connects to the network and then you can run an rtmp stream into jellyfin and jellyfin can handle all of the it, it'll give you an interface with a pvr and everything like that yeah. and then i'll be able to watch local tv from the road or so, whatever to bring it all back to Linux, right? You're running Jellyfin on Linux, right. and you're going to be doing all Boom. that. Boom. Uh, I am the same way where uh, I've got the antenna, but I have been putting off buying the $50 um, TV tuner card to hook up into my Plex server to do the exact same thing, and I'll get my local channels no matter where I am. Yeah. And like uh, during the World Cup and uh, just random things like that, like uh, I'll have family come over, we'll watch the uh, like the Cowboys or something like that. Uh, you know, not not huge for me, but, you know, we, we come and hang out. Uh, that's what I want so I can get it on any TV uh, yeah. in the house it just, it, in, instead of having it just locked to the one TV. And anybody could watch it, right? Like anybody from, um, anybody that has access to my Plex that I've shared that to are able to to tune in and watch the game same as me no matter where they are, which is really Now, cool. do you have DVR capability built into that Plex then it as well? It does, yes. I I mean, yeah. uh, like I said, I haven't set it up yet, but that is the plan. Um, so, you know. Yeah, that's it's basically the same thing with, with uh, Jellyfin yeah. as well. I, and everybody, everybody that has an account will have some DVR access, although, you know, I'm going to have to keep an eye on that because it can probably get out of hand real quick and oh yeah yeah in terms no. of disk space if somebody no, i'm not gonna a, let anybody else record stuff if i want stuff to record probably a good idea i will record it myself and then and then share yeah. that to everybody with with you know a, a, like a dvr category and i'll share that with there you go and you know it's probably best yeah they're gonna go uh, through me and if i'm too busy or i just don't feel like it it's not gonna get recorded i'm just imagining and you know you're getting it for free anyway Yeah, exactly right like so just Keep your pants Just on. Just cool your jets. Yeah, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. <laughs> Norbert, is is uh, terrestrial TV still a thing over there, or was um, it ever? Well, Apparently not. Well, I haven't. <laughs> well, they don't call it that, man. <laughs> you know, I personally never had a TV subscription, so I, I'm probably not the best. No, I mean person. with an antenna. Hook up an antenna yeah. to a TV the old-fashioned way. Used to have to use a screwdriver, dude. Yeah, you used to have I, I know, to but take a wire the thing and is screw that I'm on. not sure if it's still a thing. It might be. 
Yeah, I'm not sure. I you, know you just, that you're just all in on the Netflix, man. I know that there was there something was phased was phased out uh, about ten years ago. It might have been that standard death. Well, they they phased out analog yeah. over here in favor of digital, and that kind of impl- it was weird and painful, but it improved things. I think. Um, because it happened in a time when we were kind of transitioning over from CRTs to to uh, digital TVs, and some CRTs had digital tuners built in, some did not. So there was this government program where you could send away and get a digital tuner box, and it was just confusing for you know people that just aren't very tech savvy. It was you know, a ploy you, by corporate America yeah. to get you to buy digital equipment and spend money you didn't have, man. But the upside was all of a sudden we had four or five times as many channels because these the okay, broadcasters half those channels were, were the same channel in like different aspect <laughs> ratios. So. Uh, around here, uh, <laughs> yeah, it was a little rough at first, but around here, like right now, I mean, the joke was always when I was growing up. Gen X, we had three channels, and if the president was on, your night was screwed. That's, yeah, that's an old joke, but it was true. Yeah. Um, now you each one of those has side channels like fifteen dot one, fifteen dot two, fifteen dot three. Oh, that's and what that's for. So like we yeah. interrupt get this broadcast, and then you like go to the next channel, and then you're not interrupted. <laughs> I mean, they. The, I mean, each one of these channels is something different. Like um, Fox, the the Fox channel is. 55.1 here and then there's like a my tv which is like you know old classic yeah, sitcoms yeah. and stuff that's 55.2 and then there's a weather channel and then um pbs has got like five side channels the pbs kids and then like the craft mm-hmm. channel and then there's like a a variety thing man you if know? you ever want so, background noise PBS got your back, dude. Boy, they got you, don't you? <laughs> yeah. I found it. Uh, it was in 2013. The analog uh, transmissions were uh, seized in Hungary. Yeah, that sounds about right. And some people still had CRTs. I imagine there's probably still some people that are sporting the CRTs, but for the most part, they've with kind of with the electricity they have used over the years yeah. since CRTs have mostly phased out. They probably could have bought five widescreen all oh, these tvs nowadays <laughs> you can you can get a 55 inch tv i mean it's the one thing that hasn't really followed the same rules that everything else has because these 55 inch tvs at walmart or whatever are just as much if not less than what we were paying 25 years ago for a crt half its size well a quarter its size yeah. you know why why um, don't they uh, specify such large screens in feet and inches and just in inches. That's something I, I never because it about. sounds better and the numbers it, bigger, man. The bigger the numbers bigger. It's all marketing. Mm-hmm. Then let's just start. Well, also, saying you know four feet one inch is weird. I guess. Well, it, right? it's not weird when you, it comes to people's heights. Well, right, but uh, well, maybe people over here, pe- people in Europe over here, talking about how many centimeters they are. So. Yeah. Maybe, but you can still say some <laughs> things like one point six meters, one point seven meters. So if you just want to round it, yeah, 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 true. I do that a lot because the military was using meters on the ranges and stuff like that. So I'll say, yeah, that's about seven hundred meters that way. Yeah, but you could swap in yards. What are you, some kind of one of them are Europeans? But you could swap in yards for meters, and it some would be the, about the same. About the same, yeah. 
uh, a rule of thumb that I started using is that I realized that uh, I think uh, three feet. No, wait, was it uh, one feet? One feet is roughly 30 centimeters. And the standard ruler size in schools, the big ones are 30 centimeters. So that 30 centimeter is just everyone knows how much it is because that's it's easy to visualize for us. So mm-hmm. I just started visualizing a one foot like that. So yeah. now when I hear something like 30, 30 feet, I can just uh, divide it by three and it's 10 meters. Not exactly, but just about. Yeah, but it's you don't even got to divide though. It just is meters, right? Like. Like oh oh yards yards when yeah, you use yeah. yards which is three feet oh, because um, uh, I also I just memorized that one inch is uh, two point uh, fifty three. Uh, we we use two point five four in school, but uh, okay. yeah, two point five four and it's probably so yeah. Those two. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I just look at a distance and my brain just kind of tells me, yep. That's about fifty feet. Yeah, when you think and that, I, and it's a, a lot, wild you, es- estimation. Yeah, when when you think in in length a lot, uh, it you get should really be good around fourteen meters, right? You 15 go, boy. Feet in meters, it's uh, fifteen point right. twenty four. I was close. So we haven't talked about Linux, but like once. Um, so oh, I, uh, I want to keep imagining Bill having that uh, interference with the trains with his internet connection as well and him being like okay there there's no train scheduled for the next 40 minutes to just quickly record a podcast it turns out fiber optic cares nothing about the trains Mm. it just keeps right on trucking so so i want to i want to i want to turn it just a little bit because we're we're, we're not talking about linux but let's talk about unix just a little bit because it turns out that in mac os sucker gotcha um in Mac OS, in the operating system, there is, in modern Mac OS, nobody put it there other than Apple, um, Andy Bayo discovered that every modern copy of Mac OS has the Bitcoin white paper penned by Satoshi Nakamoto. So How, what, is, and, what does that mean? But that was like in 2008, right? When that came, in, came out. What, what do you mean? Oh, the paper was penned paper. in about 2008. Yeah, yeah that sounds okay. about right. Uh-huh. Yeah. So what what does what does that mean? What why 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 would Apple put that in there? Is there is there going to be some kind of uh, some kind of Bitcoin something happening? What what's going on? Surely it's not something I heard Bitcoin that, was trash. Surely it's not something that just one employee employee can just hide there and nobody else will notice. So surely that must. Well, be... Well, that's what I mean, right? Like uh, certainly not. <laughs> right, right, right. So why if uh, if you if you have Mac OS, uh, looks like it's in. Um, uh, system library image, and then in the virtual scanner app, contents resources, and it's called simpledoc.pdf. And it is, it's the full Bitcoin white paper on a Unix <laughs> system. And no no other application is putting that there, or? It's just in the base image. Huh. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And maybe, so uh, maybe there was it's just um, an Easter egg, and doesn't really mean anything. Maybe right. it's just so that but people will it? speculate. It'd be interesting to see how far back that goes, though. Right, uh, right, right, right. How far? Because uh, those images, I think, are mostly available uh, through the little App Center store thingamajig, uh, where you can download yeah. different versions of Mac OS. Uh, it, yeah, it would be kind of uh, interesting to know, but. 
Uh, so what? 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 Hold on. What's What's your feeling on on the whole crypto thing in the first place? Oh, I just I struggle to get excited about it. But... The, what, Norbert? Why are you smiling like that? <laughs> no, I I just had a weird uh, conspiracy theory that maybe uh, Satoshi is a the people behind the name Satoshi are actually Apple employees and they just uh, <laughs> put it there as an Easter egg. I mean, they probably wouldn't wouldn't have because they probably don't want to. They had to put it somewhere. Anywhere. Some uh, some they don't not, don't want people to know who they are because. That's the point of uh, Satoshi being a pseudonym. Right, right, right. Well, as as for just crypto, it's uh, the idea is good, but uh, it's hard to implement well because if cryptocurrency, if, if a given currency is not controlled by a a state, it can still a an organization, not necessarily a state, can still. Uh, end up having control by controlling the majority of the of the currency and yeah. the mining, and th- that's kind of the problem with proof of work, which is what most uh, cryptos are based on. Uh, people with the money can show more work and maybe not control the network, uh, but can certainly end up hoarding all the money, the same as they do with any other currency. So, I think that was. Uh, I don't know if that was one of its stated goals, but I know that that was um, a big thing of proponents way back in 2008, uh, saying it's like this is how you get money back to the people, and <laughs> people with money have more CPU power than it's, you do. So it's it's kind of like gold because gold is also finite, and gold is also well, you know, the the value that's of what gold. artificially back in the day is it artificially too. finite though I'm the not way sure. Bitcoin is. Well, well the, I, is it? I don't know. Is it artificial like diamonds, right? Pro- like, I mean, mining gold is probably also harder the more the, the more we mine because the we first we mine the easy to access gold resor- uh, reservoirs and then we get to the harder to access ones. Mm, yeah. And Bitcoin is also... Of course, I suppose you could always have more comets and meteors bring more gold and diamonds well, to us that way you that's know? an interesting strategy let's just wait for a meteor to crash <laughs> near us and bring yeah, some I gold mean... so that we can well that would also probably decrease the value of gold if we just magically got more gold yeah well i guess i've just never looked at, at crypto as being like this uh, huge possible seismic movement away from uh the type of at least not in our lifetime i don't know uh, away from fiat currency being used more widespread, probably just because I'm surrounded by so many people that just are completely unwilling to accept it. You oh, know? true. Um, yeah, but but and, these are the same people that would that would hop on Zelle or something like that, which is uh, Norbert. For you, this is like um, uh, bank transactions that you can send money to pretty much any bank. Um, I can just send you fifty bucks over an app like most com- most countries already have this uh like i know i know canada has this already and it's free yeah. and they don't have to use something like cash app or whatever uh and get charged you know boatloads of fees just to move money around or whatever um but here in the states uh, i think the best option we have is zelle and not all banks uh use it or, or allow it um but i'm pretty sure the last time i used it there weren't any fees so just bank to bank transactions which is kind of nifty yeah, see, that, that's the thing. I, I like that it exists as an option to 
I mean, if if I'm dealing with a merchant or something that is offering that as a payment option, I've just never thought of it as in in the political terms. That yeah. Well, so many people like to talk about the the. I think the real thing that I like about crypto, really the I guess the only standout feature of crypto, is if I needed to give Norbert twenty bucks. Right, like I have twenty dollars in Bitcoin, and I want to give that to uh, Norbert. That's easy to do. Yeah. I just type in his address and click go. Well, in the amount, yeah. and then click go, and now he has. Well, okay, uh, if we're talking Bitcoin, right, it while. might take a little while. Yeah, there's also um, but, transaction fees, right? Like when uh, like, there, like there are Easter, transaction there are, fees. But they call if you're using fees. a third party, like like uh, uh, what's the big one? Uh, no, even if you're just using Bitcoin Core, like yeah, if, if for some crazy to, reason, the chain has the chain has to process your your transaction and right. that requires okay. uh, and, power. Right, right, exactly. So I mean, it it does cost, but Bill, what would you do if you needed to send and you don't have crypto as an option? You needed to send Norbert twenty bucks. How would you do it? I mean, the old-fashioned way was Western Union and things like that and nowadays of course you've got cash app can you Every cash now app? And then i have they'll they'll exchange the money for you and everything i don't know if i had if i had to send it to him and it had to get like i i don't know I actually, that's a good question i yeah. don't know if cash app is a thing over here yeah that's what i'm saying like it's not in you got Canada. like venmo or of course, Facebook I mean, does there's, it there's now. There's PayPal and uh, there's uh, just uh, good old-fashioned bank accounts, bank transfer. Okay. I'm not you know sure what? how much that would cost. I got it. Norbert just set up an OnlyFans and then I'll I'll just subscribe to you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> look, look, he's setting it he, up right now. <laughs> you need you to do a podcast, no shirt on, Norbert. That's right. That's right. And Exclusive we're content. Gonna, we're going to get rich. You know That's how... OnlyFans slash Norbert. Let's go. <laughs> you know what? Uh, talking about crypto just reminded me of, you know, how when you're watching uh, sci-fi uh, that is set in a couple of hundreds or maybe thousand years in the future, and there's usually some sort of universal currency. Sometimes maybe they'll call it like credits. I think credits is also I what they you were going to say Star credits. Star yeah, Trek. Credits. Credits. Yeah. So basically, what I'm thinking, so if credits are a universal currency, what are they backed against? They must Air, be. Dude. I mean, is this is it like is it decentralized? Like they don't like, they don't go that far into it because then they would just invent the crypto. Bureaucracy involved in a multi in a multi system government where everybody was using the same kind of currency. I don't know. I don't know what that would look like. So I don't know what you would lean mm. that up against. Isn't Or if it'd just be like the US dollar where it's just worth whatever is, we say isn't it's worth and aren't euros kind of like that? Because it's multiple countries isn't the same. Probably. Currency. Uh but I mean we're talking like like at a global scale. If we, Yeah. If everyone uses the same currency. Because you've got so many I can almost believe that, yeah, you might get away with it in Europe because, yeah, you got people speaking different languages, but overall, you know, the, the there's enough similarities in lifestyle and culture to uh, it. It, I guess, what I'm trying to say is, it's not the same as like trying to make <clears throat> an Eastern culture 
share a currency with a Western culture where they just they don't even buy yeah. half the same things, you know that that the other person buys. I'm not sure. It feels like that makes a huge difference in what a system of currency would be worth to one country or one state versus another one. Have you seen Firefly? Yes. You know how no. the, in Firefly the two most spoken languages are English and Chinese because uh, I think uh, it was the US and China who uh, collaborated on just setting up that uh, new uh, a new civilization, I guess. And I'm not sure, do they have a also, do they also have a unified currency in Firefly? I, I think they, I feel like they had like this want for nothing sort of communist uh, uh, utopia thing going on. If I remember right, that, I don't remember them ever talking about money. And that kills the show. Thanks, everybody. Uh, thanks for. <laughs> <laughs> Surely they talked about the money because, you know, that was the whole thing that they did jobs for to get paid. Yeah, they probably just yeah. use credits too, right? Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Probably. That's an easy it's just, one it's to just use. It's just a cop no out. It's just, we have yeah. money. We call it credits. Um, for all the things that they apply creativity and coming up with names for, you know, they, they just keep using credits. We have credits and we speak the common language. Yeah. And it's interesting that would it would be uh, like English, English the higher up the food chain you go. Yeah. So uh, so we're just going to be using crypto in space is what you're saying. Probably. Or something. Something By that time, you know, it won't be distinguishable or it won't be comparable well, to what we what know I'm is saying crypto is right now. Proof of work could work in space because you don't have to worry about polluting the air because there's no air. If you're yeah. on the space station. Yeah, I guess so, right? There, there will well, be like it, but that's, Bitcoin that's mining trying to escape space Earth, man. They would probably so make money power. intelligent enough to know what was done to earn it. Uh, oh, wait, so add money metadata. Now. You're adding metadata yeah. to money. Yeah, make, make money. Okay, so we got to lean money up against something. Let's lean it up against what somebody had to do to get it. That's wait, not hold on right, now. You're, you're then... getting rid of investments now are are we because you don't have really mm, you have to do stuff for investments but or then you would have well, one right. credit here and one credit there and they wouldn't be worth the same which kind of makes the whole you couldn't collapse. you couldn't i don't know if you could uh consider it like you know you got one human being here one human being here and this one weighs three times what this one is you know but that means this one can eat more yeah, than but that that's, one that's i don't not... know i'm really reaching here Basically, we're solving we're solving economics in space. Guys. We are. It's going to take a, a while. I'm going to have to take time off to go accept my Nobel Prize. Well, you're going to have to write a white paper and get it added to Mac OS <laughs> is what really needs to happen, and then that's what validates your currency. I need to figure out how to make me a Mac OS. Uh, I already told you. I already told you. Yeah, and you this did, is going to be you? the last point because uh, Bill's got to get out of here, but but – Oh, uh, yeah. We're going to end it on a Linux one, which is if you want to try out Mac OS, you should use Martin Wimpress's Quick MU because it's a couple commands. Boom! After the download, Mac OS is just running. And so that I can just 
yeah. run that through Vert Manager and all that. No, 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 no. It's it's its own thing. Quick MU is its own thing. You don't need Vert Manager for it. Uh, look, look, check this out. Check this out. Is it named you after to... QuickTime and things like that? No, it no no. QuickTime. I mean, it's it's QMU, right? Same yeah. thing, but um, and it uses that in the back end, but it's called Quick mm. MU, and uh, just a couple of commands. So, so you use Quick Get, and then you say what you want. Uh, so in the case of macOS, you would just say macOS, and then the version number, and then it kind of just does it for you. So mm. there's not. Do much. I gotta get a snap or something? Uh, you do have to install some packages, yes. But you are able to uh, to use the... Martin Wimpress's script to do all the heavy lifting. You don't have to worry, how many cores do I put? How much RAM do I put? What's right for this OS? All that stuff is already taken care of for you. You just run that script, and it utilizes all of the underlying packages, you know, the way Linux does. And it just yeah. spawns you a VM. And you're able to, in the command line, I think there's a GUI for it too, uh, but in the command line, you just call it up after you shut it down to start it up again. Can I set and up shared, It's just gonna be there. Folders? I I've tried uh, to set up Word Manager once, and I couldn't get shared folder. I couldn't figure out shared folders. Norbert, stop it. Use Nextcloud. You yeah, just, you yeah. just put it in the Nextcloud and then pull Wait, it down I do on use your machine. I, You're right. I, I know that it's not drag and drop into the window, but you know how would you do it if you had a real Mac sitting next to you? Same way. You can't just drag and drop. Yeah. Well, unless you had Mac OS next to iPad OS, then you could just drag and drop files mm -hmm. back and forth. Or well, drag and drop works fine. Having having shared folders that are mounted on the virtual machine as well as on the host is uh, a bit of a hit mm -hmm. and miss. It's called experience. SSHFS, and you don't need a yeah. VM magic mm -hmm. to do it. You need network magic to do it. So. I know that it's a it's an inconvenience, and I don't know if this stuff supports it. It may, but I know that it's an inconvenience to use. I don't know Linux I just, the way I just it was need intended. Get, I just need to get the VM uh, to have an IP from the my router, and not not on a virtual uh, network. Yeah. Well, I mean, you could still well, right. Most like of my if, if you're running on the host, you just put your host on the same virtual network, and then you yeah. can share within well, that virtual yeah. network. Yeah, but so, my next slide yeah, is there, uh, there's always a network solution for what for whatever yeah. problem you've got. There's always a real actual network admin type solution to get around whatever solution or whatever problem you're having. Except, like I said, drag and dropping from one from from like your host desktop to the guest desktop, like that requires VM magic. But sharing files between them, keeping things up to date, syncing them, whatever, just real actual Linux or networking will get you done. Mm. So um, I see here that it's just a command of quick quick get and then what you're wanting to run and then to run it it's quick emu tac tac vm and then the name of the comp file told that you gets it was two commands. generated. It's just two commands and Mac OS is in there. Windows eleven is in there. Everything is in there. Yeah, Whatever you want this is to run is in crazy there. project. Yeah. Well I mean it's but it's, it's it is QA, not in right? the Ubuntu or the uh mint software center no it is not but mint is based on ubuntu which means that sudo apt-add repository ppa flexion.org slash quick mu is all you really need to do and then you install Ooh, look what you quick mu yeah i'm looking at the github page <laughs> okay <laughs> liz oh, i shouldn't have said that I, it, it would have made me sound real smart um yeah you had then, me going for a minute yeah <laughs> and then you install quick mu 
and yeah, it'll pull in everything that you need, what, whatever the dependencies are. You can install it manually if you like. You can compile it if you like, uh, you know, bring in all the packages manually, whatever. Um, and there is a GUI. Uh, Yannick Murray has it, um, and it's just another PPA that you add uh, called Quick GUI. And if you don't like, you know, hanging out in the command line doing all this stuff, then, well, launch the GUI. It's there, too. Well, you can just make a script to launch it, right, and put it in your menu and... Well, you could, yes, um, or you can use a Yannick's GUI to handle it for you. I mean, whichever, yeah. which, whatever you feel more comfortable doing, I just suppose most people prefer a GUI rather than uh, living in the See, CI. I, I, I just make a little tiny script that starts up my virtual machines with Versh, yeah. and then it starts up Vert Viewer to attach to that machine. Yeah. I, I think this is going to ultimately be why I don't uh, move forward with Proxmox, um, because while I can run Vert Viewer in Windows, I can run obviously Vert Viewer in Linux. I cannot run Vert Viewer in macOS. There is not an installation candidate for macOS, yeah. uh, which means I have to use the slower VNC, which is and has always been kind of trash. It's slow. I don't like it. Um, but to use Spice, you need to use Vert Viewer. Um, and that's just not available on Mac as far as I understand. Maybe it is. Um, but I can't get like the little linky proxmoxy things to to work uh on Mac. So hmm. I'm looking Will at this get me in trouble? Saying in. the Mac word? <laughs> Maybe. It says quickly what? create and run optimize Windows, macOS, and Linux desktop virtual machines. So while I don't have a use case for macOS, I might try this to set up Windows. Yeah. I mean, yeah, why not? It's super easy. It it takes all the thinking out of the VM for you. And Although, just, if I don't have... Uh, I do. If I don't have two graphics cards, can I have uh, hardware acceleration? Uh, yeah. You have to choose the Spice, and then you have to run that to Vert.io. Yeah, to, to your question, though, uh, Norbert, no, I don't think so. Because um, you can I, well, you yeah. got hardware acceleration through Vert IO, but it's not like yeah, it's it's not it's not like pass through. It's right. not. Uh, oh, that, I see. That is, okay, are you talking about like being able to render the minimize uh, thing with with the GPU, or are you talking about pass through? Well, I, since I don't have two graphics cards, I can't do. Uh, there's no way I can do pass through, right? Right. Right. Okay. Okay, so, so we're just talking about like having 3D acceleration, like yeah. like minimizing a window and stuff in. Uh, well, or, or running something like Photoshop. Right, right, right. Okay. Um, I don't know. Oh yeah, that'll work yeah. fine. Um, cool. And some games will work pretty good too. I have to do that with like Mint Cinnamon. You've got to enable all that just to keep it from barking at you that it's using That's true. software yeah, rendering. Yeah, yeah, so true. so run run Linux Mint Cinnamon as your first VM, and you'll find out. Yeah. I mean, there's there's information out there, but it's two things you've got to set up on the on the Vert Manager. You've got to tell, well, it's um, two settings. Gosh, dang it! Yeah, well, setting stuff up like this in boxes is is possible. Um, setting setting stuff up like this in um, Vert Manager is easily possible. But yeah, you... two commands to get this stuff done for you, and you don't have to think about it at all. Quick MU man, it it is pretty good. It is really really good actually. So the first one is display spice. You want to put the type of, uh, on spice server. Um, the listen type, put that to none, 
uh, and then open GL, click that box. Oh, you mean the stuff to... that QuickMU does for you automatically? Oh, nice, nice, very. Yeah, cool. there you go. <laughs> very cool. And then video vert IO, then uh, change that from QML to uh, vert IO, or... and then click the box for. Or do like Leo said and just use QuickMU. <laughs> quick I'm not gonna let up. I'm not gonna let up. It's really good, uh, especially. If but here's the thing, though: running non-Linux uh, VMs. You know, Vert Manager and KVM and all that, that is kernel-level um, technology that's being developed by Red Hat and QuickMU. Right. While I have nothing but respect for the well, people that are on these. You, you can't have one without the other, as far as I understand. Um, right. So, they, But all that secret sauce is the work of, of you know, some bespoke individuals, you know. Yep. Whereas Vert Manager and, and all this stuff, Vert.io, that's all, oh gosh, they're all they're already over, over there in the uh, Mintcast room. Yep. Um, that's all being done by, yeah, Clip. Cut it. Um, so, Cut it. anyway, let us know what you think, folks. Linux OTC at, it doesn't roll off my tongue. No. At proton.me, uh, go to the website, you can comment there. We're, we're on the socials. Um, let us know what you think. We'll be back in two weeks. Until that time, I've been Bill. I've been Norbert. I'm still Leo. Thank God for that. Uh.